Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 44 with Lewis Howes of the Founder Podcast. Discover exactly what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur and what's possible through entrepreneurship from the greatest minds in business today. Welcome to the Founder Podcast. Here's your host, Nathan Chan. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I'm coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I'm feeling a little rusty at the moment, had a big day at the horse races uh, here in Melbourne. Horse racing's really big, we even have a public holiday for it and uh, you know, I try and work hard and play hard and I had a good whole day of just drinking and having fun with all my friends and you know that's that's what it's all about you know I'm all about the grind I'm all about the hustle but at the same time you've got to try and and find some balance so um yeah you might hear a little bit of more deepness and a bit rustiness of my voice it's a little bit croaky so I apologize for that but thank you so much for taking the time and listening to another episode of the founder podcast Today we have Lewis Howes, and Lewis is a very, very well-known online and lifestyle entrepreneur, and he runs the School of Greatness podcast, and he's doing really, really cool things, so I had to get him on the show. We featured him in the magazine, and he shares a whole ton of gold with us around creating courses, building a successful business, especially from the online point of view, and there were some really, really good takeaways around webinars and how he makes a lot of money closing on webinars and selling his products and information products and courses from webinars. And I had a really, really good takeaway from speaking with Lewis around the importance of selling something before you've made it. Now, you know, I kind of had this realization when I talked with Danae from Indiegogo and and the power of validating an idea. But, you know, one of the best ways to validate an idea or a concept is to sell it before you've created it. And I think it's absolutely brilliant, especially from if you're creating information products, it's really, really smart because it doesn't really cost you anything to create them. So, look, I won't go into this anymore because Lewis goes into this stuff really, really in depth. So, I'm going to leave it with you guys and let's just jump into the show. If you are enjoying these interviews, please do leave us a review. It helps more than you can imagine. Now let's jump in. Can you just start off by telling me uh, how you got your job? Hmm. Well, I, I designed my my life. I would say I don't really have a job. It's more of a lifestyle. I would say that I designed it through seeing what others were doing that I really wanted and realizing what I wanted. So at an early age, I really wanted to be a professional athlete. I wanted to be able to play sports and get paid to have fun. I thought that would be a pretty sweet life, and I knew that people were doing it. So I uh, set out you know, every year to make that happen, and eventually when I graduated college, I made that happen and played professional football. 
However, I, after my first season, I got injured and had to retire from a pretty nasty wrist injury. And for about a year and a half, two years almost, I was recovering from this injury. I was living on my sister's couch and I was uncertain about what I was going to be doing for the next, you know, 60, 80, 100 years of my life, however long I live. And I started to go back to when I was a kid to see like following the lives of people who were pro athletes and doing it that I admired. I started looking at people that I admired in life who were living life on their terms and making money around their lifestyle, who were inspiring, who were adding value, who were building businesses. Those are the people that I was attracted to. So early on when I was recovering, I was online kind of just researching a lot. I was reading blogs. I was following what they're doing. I saw that they were making money online by offering teaching and training courses and software and services and coaching. And I thought, this would be cool to be able to do this one day, to be able to design a life where I get to work from a laptop at anywhere in the world at any time and build passive income around doing the things that I love doing and serving other people along the way. Mm. And you mentioned, I'm curious, people, other people that you saw that you looked up to building a, a successful online business, can you, can you tell us who are some of those people and were they just friends or, or people you saw online? Like, how, how did you find out about this whole world of online business? Because, yeah, it sounds like it, it's, it wasn't originally your scene, you could say. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't my scene. I didn't know anyone in the industry, really. The people that I followed early on, I'm now friends with a lot of them, actually. It was, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss was one of them. I read the four-hour work week and cr- during Christmas break of 2000. Was it 2007? Yeah, 2007 Christmas. I think I read the 4-Hour Workweek and it kind of opened me up to all these different possibilities. So there was lots of resources and links in that book and on Tim's site that I would go and kind of devour all the information and really just started to study and become a a student of learning and um, kind of what they were all teaching. Another guy was Chris Brogan. Early on, he was blogging like every day about social media and – his speeches that he was giving around the the world. And I really dove into his content and became great friends with Chris Brogan. And Gary Vaynerchuk was another guy who was really talking about a lot of things. And so I was following him and now we're good friends. But really, all the people that I was interested in, also I think Tony Robbins has been a, a big influence because he's always been a stand for people's success and their greatness. And he's been committed to getting results for people and supporting them and just and discovery on what they really want and how to get it. So I've always been inspired by him. And, uh, you know, I'm actually going to be interviewing him here for my podcast in a couple of weeks about his new book. So it'll be fun to connect with him and, and build that oh, relationship wow. as well. Awesome. So let's go back to the start. Uh, so you, so you were just getting into the space. So what was the first thing, things that you started doing and, and how did you start to build this, this business around your life? The first things I started doing were one becoming knowledgeable on certain topics. So early on, I got knowledgeable on LinkedIn. I dove in. I realized that there was a huge opportunity there and no one was talking about LinkedIn at the time that I started talking about it. So everyone was talking about Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and uh, no one was discussing LinkedIn. So I dove in there, started giving people advice, feedback. I started doing kind of like profile makeovers for influencers that I saw had horrible looking profiles. So I would record a video and I'd email it to him and say, Hey, here's some tips on how you can improve your profile to build your business, get more traffic and leads. 
you know, I just wanted to send it to you and say, I love your work. So I did that for a number of people. And then what I would do is I would interact with all these influences that I was inspired by. I would connect with them via Twitter. I would share their content. I would reach out to them, ask them inspiring questions. And then one of the most important things I did was I went to all these events that they were speaking at. And I found ways to connect with them after the events, like at night at the parties they were going to. I found ways to find introductions from their friends and really be in their circles of relationships they were hanging out with during these events that they were speaking at. For me, that was the most powerful thing I've ever done is focused on relationships and adding value. And, uh, you know, with you, I, you know, I even reached out to you and I said, hey, you know, I love what you're doing. Do you have some goals in mind for how to reach, you know, a certain level with the magazine. I'd love to be able to support you and just navigate and facilitate this conversation with you and kind of support you in getting some clearer goals on how to achieve it. So for me, I'm always want to be a support and a stand for people to reach their greatness and the success they want. And being in the same location with people, meeting them face to face has been such a powerful, I guess, point in the success I've had so far. Mm. Yeah, no, look, I can really feel that. I was, I was really impressed with the way you just connected with me and yeah, you, you, you just, you, it just felt like you had so much time and, and, uh, and that's actually what I want to talk to you about it. See, seems like you're doing so much. You're springing up, popping around everywhere. Are you able to give us an insight around how you maintain a, a lifestyle balance and how you get so much done because it appears like you're getting so much done, but you know, then at the same time you, you're traveling and you're, you're an Olympic athlete and all sorts of things like that. So can you give us an insight into how that all works? Yeah. I mean, before I would say a couple of years ago, it used to just kind of be like a mess in my head and I was just scrambling every day to like get as much done and stay on task and, you know, go after my goals and add value to people and travel and work out. It was kind of, there wasn't a great system and there was definitely anxiety that would pop up and stress that would pop up from time to time where I felt like, man, I've got too much on my plate and I feel like overstretched that I can't get it all done or I've overpromised and I, I got to figure something out. And so I would just stay up really late and try to get everything done every night. And what I really started doing was because I have developed a lot of relationships, I've got like a core of probably like 10 or 20 people that I really stay in touch with on a weekly, monthly basis. And then there's others that I'm just you know, I check in with them when they pops up in my mind. I usually see people on Facebook. I think social media is great for this because I'll see what people are doing on Facebook or Instagram and it allows me to connect with them, smaller touch points, but also I like to reach out and call people and, and really stay in contact to be of value to people because I think that's the most important thing you can do. But what I really started doing was hiring people to support me on all the things that I want to get done. And I used to try to do it all myself when I needed it to be done myself because I was kind of a perfectionist and uh, I wanted it done my way. I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs have that challenge. They want it done their way so they never outsource anything. And then I started hiring awesome people. It took me a number of people to go through till I find the right team where I'm at now and the right systems. And it's definitely not perfect and I'm always learning and growing, but I've got a full-time assistant that you know, she manages my entire life and manages my entire lifestyle. She cooks all my meals healthy for me. She books all my meetings. She does, uh, you know, all, a lot of research for me and preps me for my, my podcast. And I've got uh, another 
couple of people on my team who support me with the content creation and uh, product development and project management. So I'm not focusing on managing every task. I'm really empowering them to support the overall mission and purpose of what we're creating together. So that's what I would say I've been able to create so far. Oh, wow. Interesting. And what tools? Do you have any tools that you could recommend? Online tools? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like uh, managing my lifestyle and business, I would say that besides all the, the social media tools that everyone uses to be on social media, like the actual sites themselves, I'm a big Gmail fan and Google Calendar and Google Docs fan. You know, I keep it real simple. I don't think there's like any other tools right now that are that much more helpful than those two managing my time with Google Calendar and making sure everyone's in sync on there and then uh, managing all the content delivery and the, the project workflow we just use Google Docs you know oh. Basecamp is kind of confusing to me and uh, it's just like always more tools that you can download I like to simplify it and make the most of the tools that I'm already using as opposed to add on you know 50 different tools but, you know, there's definitely tools for and applications for specific things I do, like creating products or using webinars that I need to use that support that process. But just getting the life thing down and managing the business, Google Docs and uh, Calendar. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I thought you might tell us like some next level epic tool that you might <laughs> be using or something. But no, nice yeah. and simple. Nice and simple. I mean, I think the... The, the less complicated, the, the bigger the result. The more complicated the system or the tools, I think it's going to be a lot harder to get things done. So that's just my mindset. Mm, interesting. So let's just uh, rewind around the networking and developing connections online piece because this is something that I think you're really, really good at. And I think it's something our audience can definitely learn from. What what actionable advice would you give around connecting with people online? I think people know, like when people reach out to me, I can tell right away if they want to add value and improve my life or if they want to take my time and improve their life. And when I come from a place of how can I, you know, there's obviously a reason why people, we, we connect with each other. You know, mm. it's never just like, I just want to give to you and I don't want anything in return. There, there's always something we want in return, whether it's to create a connection with you and just be able to be around your energy, whether it's um, to learn from association with you, whether it's maybe we want an introduction to someone in the future, maybe when we want to add a lot of value to someone now and sell a lot of products for them or promote their book or their content so that maybe one day they'll promote you back. You know, there's always a reason why we connect with people. And again, it may not be like, I just need something right now. Maybe like, I want to build this relationship because I think this person is awesome and I want them to be in my network so I can serve them and serve other people in my network who may want to connect with this person. You know, there's lots of different reasons, but it's never, I just want to help you and that's it. There's always going to be a benefit for reaching out to that person, for the person reaching out as well. So you want to make sure that you are coming with your best intentions and you're adding so much value to the person that you're reaching out to and connecting with that you offer a solution to a challenge they may have or if you know they want more traffic or promotion, you're offering more of what they want, less stress for them, more time for them, more money, whatever it is that you see that they could be wanting or they're talking about or something that they're 
love what they're passionate about, you want to support them with that. And they are more likely to be responsive and connect with you if there's something that's you're really supporting them without them having to take a lot of time or energy to do it as well. So that's some advice that I would give. Okay. And one more thing I'd like to touch on that. What if, because, you know, people are busy and they've got a lot of things going on. What if they don't respond? How many times would you try to reach out to them? And and when do you mm. know when to just let it go? You know, I would probably reach out once or twice. I would be very strategic, though. I would, you know, comment on think questions they ask on Twitter first. I would, uh, you know like or comment a post I do on Instagram. I would share a video and make sure that I put in their information and tell them I love their work. So I would kind of like set it up so I can, hopefully they would see those touch points because usually most people manage their social media. Unless it's some big celebrity, they're not going to see it. But if it's someone in business or, you know, a, a big CEO, they usually manage their own, you know, with some account. So find out what that is. Or if they write blog posts, then really leaving thoughtful comments is, goes a long way. And then an email to them, I would actually recommend if you're not really well known yet or you don't have a lot of credibility or something that's like a platform already, then it's kind of like 50-50 chance that someone may respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know guys like Seth Godin, they respond to pretty much everyone, but they may not do something with you or like, you know create a deeper relationship with you unless you really have something to offer or you're going to support them. So I really like getting introduced through mutual friends, finding out who they're connected to. You can see this on Facebook or, or you can see this, uh, who they follow on Instagram or Twitter, who they follow or on LinkedIn. So really kind of like figure out who your network they are connected to. And that's why I think it's valuable to always be building relationships and deepening those relationships because the world is getting so much smaller in the business world and it's going to be easier to get into contact with potential customers or partners or clients or sponsors when you have those deeper relationships with people and make the relationships broad across the industry. Don't just have relationships in tech, but have them in the sports industry as well. Have them in online media, have them in authors, right? Have them across the board in publishing. For me, I like to build relationships amongst many different industries, real estate. I've got, you know, dentists. I've got all these different friends that I've built relationships with and I'm trying to find the best in each industry because there's always going to be a way to merge these relationships and support one another in different industries that you're not going to know until it comes up and you'll be glad you have those relationships when it does. Mm, no, that that's great advice, man. And just hearing you say that, it makes me realize now like one thing with your podcast, and I, and I love it, by the way, School of Thank Greatness. you very much. Thank you. You always bring in these interesting, obscure rock stars. And <laughs> is that how you do it? Because you have so many friends in different industries and, and stuff like that. Is that is that how you do it? That's part of it, yeah. I've got a lot yeah. of friends, again, you know, in the health industry and in business, authors, you know, scientists, world-class athletes. I like to play not in one specific area in life, but I like to be around inspiring people on any level. And mm. I'm curious about how they became great at what they do. And I think we can learn lessons from anyone who's achieved greatness, even if it's not in your industry. So I think pigeonholing yourself to only knowing people in your industry is not the wisest thing you could do because 
there's always ways to merge industries. You know, there's always ways to, you know, my friend who's one of the guys that I built one of the best relationships with, a good friend of mine today, he's one of the top sports sponsorship agents out there. He he finds sponsorships for brands and sporting events and things like that, and he partners these big brands with these events. And, um, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, he connected me with a guy named DJ Irie, who I then had on the podcast, who people are telling me now that it's one of their favorite episodes because he was so inspiring. Someone came up to me on the street in L.A. last week and was like, hey, I love the show. And I asked him which one left the biggest impact for him. He said that interview you did with DJ Irie was so powerful for me. And, uh, you know, I made an introduction for him a couple of weeks ago as well for a friend of mine who's got an online golf site. Now they're going to be working together to help make money together. And I'm going to be the reason why they're both making money because I partnered them together. Adding that amount of credit to those individuals, it's like I'm, I'm building up credit with people when I help them achieve their goals. And if I didn't have the sports sponsorship relationship that I built seven years ago and I didn't have my friend who I met with recently who was like, I'm looking for more sports sponsorships, if I didn't have that, I couldn't have partnered them together. And a lot of things are going to come out of that over the years that I'm not going to even know until it comes. But I just know by adding value to people, it'll always come back to you. Mm. Yeah, no, this is great. Yeah, so you're always always connecting, always providing value, always, always. meeting new and interesting people, never, I guess, resting resting and getting comfortable just with, with your life. Always. And, you know, I feel like if you don't have any skills – And if you don't have like a skill set to get a job, I feel like the best job that you can create for yourself or the best way to make income is to build a deep, meaningful, extensive network. And you can make so much money off of just partnering people together and getting referral commissions from being, you know, a, a relationship manager, really, in sense. So again, you can make money doing anything. And definitely I've made a lot of commissions off of putting people together. I'll give an example. I got asked to give a speech at 10 different universities here in the United States for an entire conference. It was like 10 or 12 schools. And they were going to pay, they had a limited budget of $25,000. And that's my, to speak at all 10 of these schools. And it was going to be over like two week period. They're all in Ohio. And so you could kind of drive to each one each day and give like a two-hour presentation. And they were like, we have $25,000. I know that's not a lot in our budget, but can you do it? And I said, I can't do it because my fee is $25,000 a speech. And that would just be too much time for me to do it for two weeks. I would love to. you know, I'd love to speak to student-athletes, but that's too much time. And um, I said, but I do have someone who does speak to university students and pro sports teams and talks about exactly the exact same topic they wanted me to talk about. So what I did is I introduced him to this uh, conference. And I said, hey, man, I'm going to hook you up with this gig. If you book it, uh, I want 15%. So I hooked him up with the gig. Mm. And he was happy. He made whatever it is, you know, 20 grand. And I got five grand or whatever. I don't even know what 15% is. But he sent me the check. And uh, all I did was make the introduction. And then I made mm. a month's worth of income by having the relationships. So that's something you can do if you don't know what you want to do. Yeah. And actually I'm curious, 
We didn't get to touch on this, but uh, when you couldn't play football anymore, that's how you started on LinkedIn. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. When I was injured, I was sleeping on my sister's couch for about a year and a half recovering. And I had this big cast on my arm, a full arm cast. So I couldn't really work out. I couldn't get a job because I had one hand and I was just recovering. So I was on my laptop all day, again, researching these influencers and people that I was inspired by who were building businesses online and blogging and writing books. And um, a mentor suggested checking out LinkedIn to try to find like a job opportunity. So I spent all my time on there building my network, reaching out one by one to people, offering value, making connections, and optimizing my profile. I see. And then you started running events. Is that correct? I started doing – I realized around this time, this was like 2008, 2009, there was these tweet-ups happening. I don't know if you remember this, but Twitter was getting pretty big and everyone was doing these tweet-ups, at least in in the U.S. And I said, I could probably do a LinkedIn meetup. I was building this big audience. I started creating these groups in, in cities, these kind of business networking groups on LinkedIn. And they were all asking me for introductions to people on LinkedIn. So I said, why don't I start bringing them together in person and let them make their own introductions and connect? And uh, I started making you know, some decent money doing that. I did 20 events in a year. And uh, you know, some nights I was making like three or $4,000 from an entry fee from selling sponsorships for tables, from making a commission from the food and bar sales at the restaurants, from eventually I wrote a book about LinkedIn and I would sell those at the events. So I started really hustling and learning how to be creative and leveraging how to make money on all these different areas. I see. And what happened next after the events? I kind of got burnt out after doing 20 of them, to be honest, in a year. I was really hustling and was keeping me afloat, but I wasn't really making the money that I wanted to to take it to the next level. And I'd written this book on LinkedIn uh, because everyone was asking for more content and no one was really the leader or the expert in talking about LinkedIn. So I saw an opportunity and I wrote this with a friend of mine who helped really navigate the book. And the book gave me a lot of credibility. It didn't really make me any money, but it gave me credibility to go speak on stages, to go speak at events, to do more consulting. And I went to this one event. Again, events were so powerful for me because I was able to connect with the influential people who are speaking. And I went to this one event called Affiliate Summit in January of 2009 in Vegas. And I met a guy named Joel Kahn, who at the time was a big internet marketer, New York Times bestseller. And uh, I met with him. I pitched him on why LinkedIn was valuable and why you should start using it. A few months later, he comes back to me and says, hey, I'm doing this social media boot camp I've got experts on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, but no one on LinkedIn because no one's talking about it except for you. Uh, I would love for you to come on and present. And I was like blown away that I had this, I had this opportunity because it was, you know, he was a big deal at the time for me. Hmm. And uh, I said, sure, I'll do it. I had no clue what a webinar was or how to give a webinar or how to do any speaking or anything. But I threw it together. I got some help and advice from some friends on how to put together a sales page and with a checkout link, and um, I had a advanced training on LinkedIn that I was going to provide on a live webinar for people at the end of this free webinar boot camp. And at the end of the webinar, I made $6,200, and that was really the first time that I made any amount of significant money in that short amount of time, and it blew me away of the possibilities of what I could be doing online. And I thought to myself, if I could do $6,200 in an hour, 
I would, I could do this every day for the rest of my life. And for the last five years, I've done probably well over 700 webinars and really, you know, learned everything I could about mastering webinars and making the most of them. And it's been an incredible journey. Mm. Yeah. Now, so there's a lot here that I'd like to unpack, but before we go into the webinar piece and I think this is important. You have to have something that you want to sell. You have to, if if you want to start building a business online, you have to have some form of an information product or, or a course. If you want to get into this internet marketing kind of space, you have to have something to sell. Yes. So, what advice and recommendations would you give to someone that is looking to create an information product or a course? Mm. I would say sell it before you create it because so many people get caught up on the technical side of things or what they think they need to do and they spend all this time on the design and the logo on the website and the course content and creating it and then they try to sell it and no one buys or they get three sales. So I like to flip it around and say do a webinar, get a bunch of people on there and give them some amazing free content about a topic that those people are struggling with or with a problem they have and give them a solution on this free webinar. So whatever it may be, whatever topic you know best. For me at the time, it was LinkedIn. So people were frustrated on how to use social media. They didn't know how to use LinkedIn. They wanted to bit more leads and they wanted to get more referrals. They wanted to get more traffic around this time in 2009, 2010 because of the economy. They were looking for jobs. So I was teaching them how to solve this problem that a lot of these people had. And um, what I did was I sold a product, a boot camp basically, where I said, hey guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver this live next week. It's going to be a live training and people bought it. If no one bought it, I didn't have to create a product or a course. But people bought it and they told me exactly what they were looking for. So then I was able to really develop the training materials over that next week. I had a time commitment, so I had urgency to get it done, and I had the money to spend to develop uh, the course with a designer and the technical things that I needed. So I had proof of concept, and I was able to use the the investment that the customers gave me, basically doing a back order or pre order for a product, and uh, and then delivered the product, packaged it nice after it was done, and then was able to resell it over and over. I see. So. You essentially recommend to throw your hat over the fence. Yeah, basically. <laughs> exactly. I see. And around the like uh, technical elements of a webinar, what, what tools do you use and what tools do you use for de- delivering your courses or information products? Sure. For the webinar itself, I use GoToWebinar, which is GoToWebinar.com. It's a great service for hosting webinars. Then I use... Lead pages as my registration pages because I can customize it. I can check for, I can split test multiple lead pages and see which one's converting the best. GoToWebinar doesn't provide that solution yet. So I use that. It syncs with GoToWebinar. Then I use AWeber and iContact as my email providers to promote the webinars and to generate the leads for people when they opt in. So those would be the tools for running the webinar. And then I use Keynote as my presentation tool to deliver the presentation on the webinar. Then in terms of creating a product, I used to use Wishlist to develop a password-protected members area. And now I'm using, I still have that for some of my products, but now I'm using a very simple 
membership course creator called Zippy Courses. I think it's zippycourses.com. And my good friend Derek Halpern, who I think was on the cover as well, ah, yes. is the creator of that. And it's a really simple way to kind of create a course in like 20 minutes. Really simple. Like drag and drop your content. And you've got a course. And then I use uh, 99designs or Elands to find designers for kind of freelance projects like that for um, kind of the sales pages and the branding. I use Wistia a lot for video hosting with my content in there. And then I have my team that kind of manages the rest with the PDFs and the audio and, and all that good stuff. I see. You really got it down pat. You know, I mean, I've got it down good enough, but it's always – something I can improve on and always like something I can grow and learn and new tools to automate and make easier. So it's a matter of discovering the best system that works for myself and for everyone else. So when it comes to traffic, what recommendations do you have around, like, I guess, driving traffic to, to, a, to a sales page? I would say to your blog is what you should focus on and really generate those leads. The best way to drive traffic is having an email list. And um, the best way to build an email list is to offer something for free and create valuable resources and content that people can subscribe to or opt in for. So I use my email a lot to drive traffic directly to a sales page because those are the people most interested in what I have to talk about and offer. So I use email marketing that way. But in terms of driving traffic to my blog to generate those leads, my podcast helps with that. So getting in front of a bigger audiences helps with that. That's for me, podcasting and social media. And um, I've been seeing a lot of traffic with Facebook lately. I do a lot of Facebook ads directly to my webinars where I then sell my products from webinars. And I've seen a lot of traffic actually with Pinterest lately because I got on a, a few bigger boards that have a ton of leads and subscribers to. So I've been pinning things and driving more traffic with Pinterest than anything else right now. And um, those are some of the main yeah, no, I've heard um I've heard quite a few things. People are talking about Pinterest a lot at the moment. I haven't tried it yet, but uh yeah, I've heard some really good things. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mm. So let's switch gears and talk about I guess what advice would you give to somebody that was in your position, you know, seven years ago when they're just starting from scratch? And, and they're trying to build something. What advice? Because you, you've, you've come, come from nothing and you've created this massive, amazing brand and, 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 you, and you're living the dream. The advice would be to really get clear on what you want to create for your entire life and why you want to create it. I think uh, if you're just focused on, I want to build a business to make money, then you're going to struggle. And it's going to be a lot harder and more difficult. Or... If you get the results of making money, you may feel like empty and unfulfilled to the point where you think, okay, well, now what do I want to do? So I think it's important to get clear on what you want to do and why you want to do it and have a deeper meaning and purpose behind building an online business. It shouldn't just be to make a lot of money. I don't feel like that's going to be support you or your cause or your clients or customers to the fullest. Then I would say learn and become a master of marketing and become a master of, even if you don't do it yourself, become a master of it so that you're aware of what needs to happen with the team that you hire. Because if you can't market and know how to market your products and services, then no one's going to buy from you. 
no one's going to come to your product, your site, or anything if you don't know how to promote it properly. So really study and research, follow how other people do it, and become a master of marketing and understanding that process. Just on the marketing piece, because you know you you are a top online marketer. What three pieces, like what's the best three pieces of advice you would give that you you believe is good marketing? Well, I think uh, understanding copywriting is a powerful part of marketing and understanding messaging. So what you say, the words you use are extremely effective or ineffective based on how you say them and, and, and when you use them. So studying basic copywriting is something that you should understand, studying headlines because people click based on headlines. So understanding how to write effectively or understanding at least what converts well the next piece would be branding in terms of marketing. If you have a horrible-looking product or horrible-looking site, there are some studies that say like the worst-looking sales page and lead and opt-in page, the higher converting. And that may be true in some instances, but I, I think overall you want to focus on having a great brand so that people can feel like it's a, a warmer brand, they can trust the brand, they can trust you as opposed to something that looks crappy and like they didn't put any focus or thought into it. And I think you do a great job with this, with your brand. Like imagine if your magazine was just, you know, the title at the top and then an all-white background and a picture of someone and not really designed and in such a way that captured people and said, wow, he really thought about this. He really put some some thought and effort and energy into offering a quality looking product you know it's something that i want to go to instead of like looking at a competitor that's just like a cheap looking image that's put up on the whole, on the cover of a magazine and a crappy looking font and it looks like there's no effort or energy so i really think design is a powerful piece towards being able to market something and have people talk about it and feel great about it mm-hmm. and then I think marketing also, I would say the third thing is building credibility around what it is you're promoting. So whether that's yourself becoming an author, becoming, a, you know, getting awarded certain things, being featured in the media, having great testimonials, having awesome client testimonials. So having the trust and the credibility around the product to be able to market it effectively so that people trust it. That's awesome. Yeah, because it comes always comes back to the trust. That's what exactly. that's what it is. It's building that trust. Exactly. Awesome. Well, look, uh, we have to work towards wrapping up here, Lewis. Uh, I just wanted to touch on on one other piece, and that was around greatness. Uh, the school of greatness. You said it's going really well, uh, and I, I can, you know, I personally love the podcast. It's awesome. Really Thank interesting you. guests. You know, a lot of people that you've never heard of before, and just. They're just rock stars. They're just, you know, just living the dream. What is what is greatness to you? It's interesting. I, you know, my my thought on this, I get asked this a lot because I ask everyone else. Mm. And uh, everyone always gives incredible answers. I'm like, oh, that's a great way of saying it. So I don't know if I've discovered the best way to say it. But the feeling I have about greatness and what it means to me is always learning and striving to become the best version of yourself in everything you do, always giving your best and leading with your heart in every experience and relationship. And I think if we give our best, strive to become better and come from a place of love, 
Sometimes it's not always perfect and, and easy to do. But when we, our intentions are pure, we come from a place of love and we strip our ego and uh, strive to be better, that's greatness. Love it. Awesome. Well, look, um, was there any any final words that you'd like to finish off with? It's It's been an awesome interview, man. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. I appreciate it. Um, final words I would say is, you know, what I've learned, I've interviewed you know, hundreds of people who have done incredible things and built businesses and been very successful and the common denominator for all their success. There's lots of different things they do really well, but the common denominator is really, they have a clear vision of what they want to achieve and then they hustle and do whatever it takes to make it happen. They find a way to make it happen and they're committed to making it happen through any adversity. So discover what you want to do and have a clear vision of it and then be, doing, be willing to do whatever it takes ethically and morally out of love on how to make it happen. Oh, that's a cool answer, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nathan. The Founder Podcast has come to a close, but it's not time to sleep. It's time to hustle. Download the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine for free right now by visiting foundermag.com slash Branson. Again, that's an absolutely free download of the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine containing an exclusive interview with the man himself. It's only available at foundermag.com slash Branson. So download it now and we'll see you next time on the Founder Podcast.